0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Infertility Feelings podcast. Where
1: all your dreams come true.
0: Today, your dreams will come true. They will. Because we are talking about infertility and fertility clinics.
1: Clinics. I wasn't actually thinking that, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people have asked us to talk about this.
0: Today, we're going to talk about all of the feelings we have that come up when we think about fertility
1: clinics. Welcome back to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so happy to have you here, and we really hope you enjoy today's conversation.
0: I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. I was kicked (laughs) off last time um jesse and her siblings dominated the conversation which I was which was a great you. episode by the it way it was
1: a great episode i loved it it's gotten so many downloads i know it's like exploding online i was not
0: even allowed in the room actually you were they told me please leave the city okay because <laughs> we can't have you here
1: in my defense i asked if you wanted to be a moderator and you said it would be too many people that's not how i experienced
0: it <laughs> that is what when I said. you sent me that text that said please leave the county <laughs> i did not feel invited
1: it's when you said no that you wouldn't be the moderator that was like, okay, fine, <laughs> out of the county.
0: Today we were talking about um, uh, like a huge thing. We're, this is huge.
1: I know. I'm kind of a little bit. I, I want this. I want this to go well, for reasons we will explain. <laughs>
0: You want this to go well. I mean, right. every
1: podcast I want to go well, but yeah, like... Some
0: of them you don't really care.
1: No, some of them I'm like, eh, it's fine, we'll do fine. But it's like, no, no, I'm just joking. Every podcast I care very deeply, actually.
0: Today is just an interesting thing because we love people that work at fertility clinics. Yeah. We love fertility doctors. We also love the patients that go to fertility clinics. Right. And it's just this, it's a really interesting moment in the fertility world. In the infertility world, um, not everyone goes to a fertility clinic. A lot of people go to hospitals. A lot of people go to OBGYNs. And a lot you of people, know, just, people just try. And That is
1: something that I learned in meeting so many people in the fertility yeah. world that a lot of people don't go to clinics.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't even, don't even think about it. Like it's just not on the radar of things that or they want they to do. Or they can
1: afford or whatever. Or- totally.
0: There's also horrible situations where there is like inequality, in experiences yeah. at fertility clinics in that there's like a fertility clinic and it's four hours away. Um, I have or, never Or felt- the prices are so high that it's just... Com- it's not even on the table in terms of um, like a possibility.
1: I have never felt more privileged by hearing some of these people's stories where they drive four hours. Yeah. Like we had... We could just pick. We right. could pick. There was a bunch of options and we just went with our doctor that we knew already in his clinic, but it was like, I have never felt more privileged. I just want to validate that it's like, this is not everyone's experience to just be able to pick. Like sometimes it's, we heard, we've heard stories of there's only one in their area and they don't even like it, but right, they don't have anywhere right. else to go. Right. Like, it's just, I've never thought of that. I have been really educated um, and my privilege to put in my place.
0: You've been, you need to be put in your place more. I do. Like you put me in my place last week.
1: <laughs> not
0: true. <laughs> no, we we want to talk today about fertility clinics, infertility and fertility clinics. Um, but we realize that not everyone goes to a fertility clinic. Yeah. However, I do think a lot of people go to the doctor. I yeah. think a lot of people go yeah. to OBGYNs.
1: I think there's a big population of people that struggle with infertility that do go to clinics. and Totally. Totally.
0: It. So it's, it, we need to talk about it. We can't yeah. believe we've never talked about it. Um, today we're going to... Whose fault was that, Doug? That's probably my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: I've wanted to do this episode for so long, (laughs) but you also wanted to really do the line of like, we work with fertility clinics. Yes. So we want to validate and talk about both sides, which I feel like now we're just at a place of comfortability with that.
0: Yeah. We want to look at the, all of the feelings that come into play. Uh, We care about the way that people are connecting at fertility clinics, the doctors, the nurses, the staff, the patients. We really care about that connection um, but we realize that it's a it's a hot moment. It's a hot moment. It's a tense moment um, because everyone there wants things to go a certain way, yet infertility is traumatizing and so many things don't go the right way. So the question is to you, Jesse. Someone is struggling to get pregnant. Maybe they've waited for a year. They've seen their primary care physician. The primary care physician says, you should talk to your OB. OB says, you know, I think you should get a consultation at this fertility clinic. It's down the road, short five and a half hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's not funny. It's not funny because it happens to so many people. I'm
1: laughing because it's like, it's true. Like I never thought of that piece of it until I did this work.
0: Right. Yes. So just small consultation fee of 900 and (laughs) (laughs) to breathe (laughs) the same oxygen of the clinic. Um, But, but it's okay. So you've struggling and now you get to go see an RE. On one hand, it's exciting because, oh my gosh, this is the, the like fertility person. This is the person who's going to give me answers and figure all this out. On the other hand, it's terrifying because they're going to give me answers and I'm going to figure all this stuff out. Um, There's also lots of procedures you can do and tests and a lot, it's a bigger world. How, when that happened for us, how did you feel? Because we were at an OB and they recommended that we go to this fertility specialist and, and have a consultation and go through the whole thing. What was going on in your mind and what goes on in the mind of someone who is entering into that world for the first time? And maybe even like, what are they feeling? Just just answer that real yeah. quick.
1: <laughs> Asking what it was like for me and I think what it was like for other people is two different answers. So for, not really, not Well, But we only like, have
0: time for one. So pick, okay?
1: <laughs> spin the wheel, <laughs> spin the wheel. Um, no,
0: tell us everything.
1: No, I, I think for me, gosh, I'm trying to think back on that time. Sometimes it feels like it was yesterday and sometimes it feels like it was like 500 years ago or almost I was a different person. Um, our actual fertility journey of getting seen and helped by doctors was very quick in my mind. So I felt like I was just quick. I was just like, get me in here, get me out. What do you have to do? Okay. Like I was just moving so Mm -hmm. fast, which is kind of who I am, but like I was moving so fast. I think the biggest thing that I realized going to fertility clinics was how no one talked to each other in the waiting room. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: know that sounds like such an odd answer, but
0: was that different than just the regular OB?
1: No, the OB was the same. But like, I don't know. I just, for me, and maybe this is just- It, also it was, even, it was even
0: more quiet.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like not looking at eyes or you would sit down on the couch next to someone, like just head down, like everybody's heads yeah. down. Um, no one is looking at each other. And, I all, and me just being who I am, I want to be like, why are you here? What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Is this your second time? First time? Like, what do I expect? Like, what should I expect? Like, I wanted to talk to everybody. So I felt like I was going into like my people- My people that are having the same struggle as me because I was like funneled into this new thing that I had never been dealing with before. Right. It's kind of like everybody going to like getting their eyes checked of like, oh, I have bad eyes. And they all go to that place. Like, wouldn't you want to sit around and be like, oh, my eyes suck. Your eyes suck. Like, can we talk about it? And this was so different. It was like, no one wanted to look at anyone. No one wanted to talk to anybody. Um, So
0: did you feel alone a little bit going in? Oh,
1: totally. I felt alone. The waiting room was the biggest shocker to me. And I felt like it was all moving super fast. Yeah. Like I almost couldn't catch up to what it was doing. I almost felt like it was like, just do this and do this and do this and do this.
0: Yeah. So You know, the first thing I noticed was that the waiting room um, didn't feel like a hospital. And I I think I was actually wanting it to feel like a hospital. Why? (laughs) That's a good question. Why? Why? I would Um, want it to feel
1: like my living room. No, I didn't.
0: <laughs> it. I, I wanted it to feel like healthcare. Does that make sense? Like, I wanted it to feel like normal. He- like, like part of a hot. Like hospital. Huh. So maybe just like personal preference, but it felt very like. It didn't feel. I mean, it was like a ni- very nice place, yeah, like yeah. super cool. It just felt like, wait, what is this? It, this is what it was. It felt like I stepped into a world that was already pre-established. Already people knew about it and it was, it was a thing. And I felt like a freshman coming in, you know, completely green. Like I have no idea what anything is. Why does, why is the, why is like the waiting room like look so different even, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy it looked different. I was like, you know, nothing about their like aesthetic choices. Right. Right. It just was like, whoa, this is all new. Like this is totally different. It's not like the general hospital that I go to when, you know, you have like a kidney stone or something like that. Right. Or appendicitis and then they give you a test and then a, a doctor comes out and okay like, hey, we're gonna do this procedure and this or this right. it just felt all like new and it was the doc everything was different and even like the way that people talked and we like had consultations and stuff it was like i don't know what is going on i just felt like a freshman in high yeah. school just getting like my head blown off in terms of like new information yeah and like the top of my head was just <laughs> Right. And, I'm like, and then everything what is going on?
1: Everything is moving a miles a minute, and it all a has mile a, a minute, yeah. And then it all has a dollar sign connected to it too.
0: Yes, and it's and I'm sure that they gave us options and they asked us questions, but at some level I was like, "What are we doing? Like I don't even know what you're even talking about." Right. But now I'm. Checking out essentially. Right. And like medicine's coming to my house or something. Right. Or when, where do we get the medicine? Like and I remember at the last They have minute. this medicine at CVS. Like I just didn't all yeah. that kind of stuff was like I didn't know any of like it yeah. just was so new to me. The newness made it somewhat um, overwhelming. My next thought is about how we emotionally prepare for our time at a fertility clinic. Maybe you're going for the first time, which is definitely emotionally overwhelming. Um, or maybe you're going for the you know 10th time or, or whatever, you're going for a test. Our interaction and our, I guess you could almost say relationship with the clinic um, brings up a lot of things for us emotionally. How do we prepare for that? Should we prepare for that? or do we kind of just like ride the wave? What do you think?
1: Well, in the uniquely knitted style, we always say this, don't wing it.
0: Mm, don't wing it.
1: And in this situation, don't- Definitely don't yeah, wing it. don't wing it. There's a lot of don't wing it's, but like in this, no, I wasn't actually gonna say that. I was gonna say, in this situation, you can probably imagine, yeah. unless it's your first time, what you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. So, are you more of an anxious person? Are you more of a warrior? Are you more of a number? Are you more of a whatever it is? It's like, and think about that before you go there. Yeah. Because I think for me, I was so moving a mile a minute. I almost probably didn't take in Mm -hmm. a lot of information. And if I would have on the way there, or the day before or something thought about, hey, this is a, a space that makes me anxious. Yeah. What can I do to prepare for that? What can I do to think about that? What safety guards can I put in my drive there? You know, what can I do? Can, should I get there a little bit early so I can have a moment in my car? Like whatever it is, like yeah. be, don't just wing it on like, I'll just wait to see what happens. Because it could be that thing that we've talked about before where it's like, if you just wing it so long, it might come out in, Ways that you weren't expecting.
0: Don't you think that's hard though? Because when you're going to a clinic and we've talked about this before, uh, just in general, uniquely noted, it feels like now your self-care has to go up, even yeah, though yeah. you're spending a ton of time and money. And it. it almost feels like, Oh, I just want to chill and do less. But you're saying yes. you actually have to do more.
1: Yes. Yes. I think that is one of the biggest things that we talk about in our groups and talk about with our people is that, we want to, when we're going through a stressful environment, to hibernate and isolate. And especially if you're going through like an IVF yeah. cycle or something like that, you think if I can just be alone and grit and bear this and just get through it, then it'll be better. But we, me, and us think the opposite think that when you're going through a stressful environment, you need more community more self-care, more checking in with yourself, journaling, whatever that is, mm. more communication about how you're feeling. And that will, it is scientifically proven by who? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Four out of five dentists.
1: Four out- <laughs> Dentists. <laughs> but like, it is proven that that will help you maybe not feel so anxious when you're going into it. Or if you are feeling anxious, you have someone at the end of the day that can check in on you, see how you're doing. Um, That doesn't mean you need to let them into every single detail or call them every time you leave the clinic. Like, hey, my blood's this. Like, you don't want to burden yourself with like having to be like, oh, now I have to update all these people because all these people know. Like, no, but your self-care and your community needs to go up. And I think in the world, we have it opposite.
0: We do have it opposite. We We do the opposite. And it's almost
1: glorified. It's almost glorified. On Instagram, it's like, do what you ever need to do. You need to not talk to anyone and put yourself in a hole. Do it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I know I'm being a little dramatic, but it's like... No, you're right. But it's it's almost like an undertone. Like whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. You need to lock out all your friends to make it through an IVF cycle. Okay. And I am just here to say, I think it's the opposite.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: It's hard. Because you have to educate what you need and you have mm-hmm. to tell them, hey, I don't need you checking in on me 400 times or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not easy, but it makes the experience, I think, a little lighter for the person going through it if you have more community and more self-care.
0: I agree with you. From my perspective, I think, you know, you go through something that's really difficult like this and you're at a clinic all the time and you're trying and, and you're doing the shots and you're doing all that kind of stuff. Um it makes me think oh I just I want to get through this and then once I've gotten through this I'll reach out to people and be like man it's been rough lately. Exactly. Uh, but, I, but I think it's the opposite of that. It's like I'm pretty sure it's going to be rough coming up. Can you check in on me? Yeah. Can we hang out? Yeah. Um can we grab dinner every once in a while?
1: Right. And and to literally like not like say the opposite of what I just said. I do think there is moments that are super traumatic where maybe you do need to isolate for a little bit or you need to like, you know, do that. Like I remember at our second adoption that weekend, I, mm. I I needed no...
0: I, yeah, I don't think that's what you're like, talking about. You're not saying that like... I know. Like, I, know I just didn't like, want it to
1: sound like that. Like yeah. there is sometimes in some instances in this journey where you might need to like take some time to be like, yeah. I need to heal before I can even say the word miscarriage or I can say yeah. the word that way. But I don't
0: I, think people are doing that though. I think most people are like, I'm, I'll hit you back up when I'm done with this in I eight, know. eight months. I
1: know. I just wanted to say that though because right, right. I don't think that that... when There are certain things... In this experience, like I remember after our second adoption, it's like, I've never canceled on my clients the next day for something mm, emotional. Right. Like I've never done that. But like, you know, just to, there is moments where it's like, you might need to isolate and self care yeah. for yourself in your own thing, but you can't stay there. Right. You can't stay there. And I, I yeah. think you're right. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about. It's more like when you're about to do the thing or you're in it, it's like your community and self care needs to go through the roof so
0: what to you doug i was for me this i saw this topic come up and i was like oh yes we've been we need to talk about this um i have a weird thought about it i think you i analogies. i I am weird analogies with doug um no this is what i think about it i i I don't know really if it's i don't know if this will help anyone (laughs) Oh, good! But um, that's gonna
1: make the people keep listening. um, That—that's it. (laughs) That's that's the. I have no one pressed stop after that sentence.
0: (laughs) I think it's an interesting idea when and when for me when I notice it and when I think about it, it helps me emotionally prepare, kind of like what you've been talking about. Um, I would say this: I think our connection to fertility clinics is paradoxical. It's a paradox. Oh, geez. Did you think you were going to hear the word paradox today?
1: I almost did a snore sound, but then I thought that'd be rude.
0: <laughs> Here's what I mean, to make it very clear.
1: No, I actually, actually, for the record. Yes. Sorry, I've been listening to the Johnny Depp trial constantly.
0: Okay. Um, um, for um, the objection, record. Objection, hearsay.
1: <laughs> for the record, I actually know what you're going to say, and I think it's brilliant. Wow. Ouch. Objection, hearsay. <laughs> <laughs> objection, hearsay to myself. Ouch, that hurt coming out. Um, um,
0: No, it's a paradox. And what I mean by that is this, that fertility clinics are amazing. This is a miraculous place where you can go and they can do some of the most cutting edge science by the most brilliant people ever and they, we can overcome these, this burden right. of our struggling to conceive. So, in some way, it's the source of our solution. It's the source of us overcoming this season. It's the source of us getting pregnant, right? And there's
1: a lot of success. There's a from ton them.
0: of success. And it really is the source of it. It's like the most amazing thing ever. However, doing it and being at the clinic and going through the whole process is also very painful and very traumatizing at times. So it is paradoxically, it's a paradox that it's both, both the source of our fear, pain and trauma and also the source of it working. So it's like a really weird way to stay connected to it.
1: I really want people because I'm like, You're so right. Like when you said this, when we were doing like our pre whatever we Mm -hmm. do for this podcast, (laughs) I really want people to hear what you just said because I really think it even changed my view of clinics and how we approach it. So say it again.
0: I think it's a paradox, which which, what I mean by that is that it is simultaneously at the same time, the source of our fear and our trauma, but also the source of our hope that we become pregnant. So it's it's like the solution to our problem, and our problem at the same time. That's where it's a paradox. Where you're like, how can this place, like how can this waiting room, both be the place that's traumatizing, and the place that gives me hope? It's such a weird connection. I
1: never thought about it that way.
0: Do you know where that comes from? Totally, just to, I mean, Ooh, like Ooh, look at the time. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that happens with people, right? Like people yeah. at times become a you know, paradoxical mm, for us. Mm. They become the source of our connection and happiness Right. and also the source of our fear and pain. So you, it's not to say um, that like clinics are like an abusive person who's also, we're supposed to be loving us. Right? It's different, but it's similar in that when one thing becomes both the source and the solution, we have a hard time connecting to it. So clinics become the source and the solution for us. For me specifically, like infertility waiting rooms are somewhat triggering and and traumatizing and weird. And it's like, ah, I like being here, but I don't like being here. But then at the same same time, also, they're like the source of like excitement and hope. It's very odd.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, too. We just recently went into a clinic to like talk about them working with us. And I remember walking into the waiting room, not even on my radar. I haven't been in a fertility waiting room in 10 years.
0: No, not ten years, but years.
1: Whatever, I'm not really at like that kind of stuff.
0: Objection here, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> This is a sidebar, by the way. <laughs> but like, I think that it. I I I was brought back.
0: Yeah. I was totally yeah. brought back. Of yeah. like,
1: I remember I remember walking up to it and thinking, "Oh, I didn't think about this. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. This was actually a place that like." gave me anxiety or gave me worry. And, and what did I do? I walked in the waiting room and looked at all the people. I wanted to ask them all the questions. Yeah, same I want, feeling, Like yeah. same feeling of like, why are you here? Are you okay? Is someone, are you being like told bad news today? Like, yeah. oh, I just want to like give you a hug. Like I had the same, same thoughts. Yeah.
0: And we sadly don't have enough time. Literally, we don't have enough time on this podcast today. Maybe We do in the future, but today to dive into how do you overcome that? paradox of attachment, or it's not really attachments, paradox of connection to a clinic of it's both the source of my fear and also the source of my hope. But I think it's just noticing it, noticing that like, this is going to be an interesting relationship that I have with this building, with this place, with these doctors and with these nurses. So I'm going to just like what you just said, all the things that you just said, Mm Jesse, so brilliantly, but that that you would lean into self-care like- Sustained. <laughs> lean into self-care like never before yeah we I, we've said that forever at unique Clinics. Yeah. Infertility needs to be a time where you lean into self-care like never before. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because for a lot of people who are at clinics, you're entering into this very bizarre relationship which le- which wait, wait, really... wait, wait,
1: but, but I want to say one thing. Yes give me your 45 second if you can way to are you saying that what I said was the way that you do it? like mm. what would be like you said you didn't have enough time? Like you didn't have enough time to like say how we get over that paradoxical attachment or whatever connection. Right. What would be your one minute elevator pitch to how someone would get over that? No pressure.
0: (laughs) I think you have to have in your life good habits and good rhythms of processing trauma and also maximizing healthy connection. If you just wing it, I think you're less likely to uh, feel very healthy throughout this season of your life. Uh, throughout this time because you're constantly in that push pull of uh, it's the source of hope and the source of trauma. I think when you experience traumatizing things, you really have to know how to process those. And you really have to know how to care for yourself when you become overwhelmed and you become traumatized. So, So if you go in and you get a negative test or a test that just doesn't go your way or just bad news or just overwhelming, you need to immediately then find ways to process that those feelings of being overwhelmed so that it doesn't start to leave tons of it's always going to leave a little but not tons of residue emotionally for you so that when you go back to that place you're not it's not you're not jumping back into that completely back into those feelings because you also want to you want to have that like rhythm of like processing and sending things down from the top of your head to the bottom of your head like really getting things into memory it's hard to it's more to say about that but Really processing things into memory so that they're not just all on the top of your brain right when you walk in. Because you may be walking in thinking, this is, our, this is our month. like Things are going really well. But then because you've never processed some of the trauma, all the trauma hits you at the same time. And you're really experiencing the paradox of that relationship with that place. I think you need those rhythms of dealing with stuff.
1: Sustained, even though that was only that was two minutes. There's
0: a million more things to say about that. But <laughs> I think it's just noticing, right? Just noticing yeah. that the relationship is interesting, which does lead us to our, the last thing that we want to talk about, Yes, which is just understanding what's going on at clinics. What are clinics doing? The doctors, uh, the staff, the nurses, what have they set out to do? And how are we interacting with it? Because I think sometimes we come in, I came in, with a preloaded um set of expectations that of what this place would be like. Um and I had never I had never thought a day in my life about a fertility center or a fertility clinic. I, I didn't know what like 18, I just year old, saw,
1: 18 year old Doug didn't think about like hmm. they help people
0: get pregnant. Like right. I, I don't know. Um, right. but obviously I was in a very ten- we were both in a very tender space. Yeah. So I had a lot of expectations. I think that's the last thing we want to talk about is. From your perspective, what is it? What what is it that what's really going on at a fertility clinic that we should be prepared to enter into?
1: Doing the work at uniquely Knitted, interviewing fertility doctors, um, I my eyes have been opened. Oh, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. My, my eyes have been opened. Of oh, I get it. I yeah. get it now. And let me try to explain. I think that we are going in. To fertility clinics, anxious, desperate, overwhelmed. And we are wanting something. Some people are wanting something out of them that they not only are not willing to give, but don't know how to give.
0: And just not capable. Like it's no, not, not, not possible.
1: Yes. Yes. Now, do I think there's some doctors that actually provoke harm? Yes. Do I think that there's?
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Like
1: I do, I do think, and I think you're going to talk about that of them. Like there is absolutely situations where it's like, wow, that was traumatizing. Of what you said, mm-hmm. you're more traumatizing the the human being. Yeah. Um, but I think generally, the doctor doesn't even or nurse or whoever doesn't even feel equipped to take care of you emotionally, or the capacity. And I think the capacity is where we feel like a sheep sometimes or sometimes feel like they're just hurrying us along. It's like, what they've really been open to Mm. is to help you get pregnant. What they've been open to is to deal with your body and how to get you pregnant. Like they are. And yes, do some people do that not so great and some other doctors and places not do that so great? Yes. Could some people wanting to get money? Sure, like that that could be there. But I think generally they don't feel equipped enough mm. to take care of your body and how to get you pregnant and your protocol and your emotional needs.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like doctors? I really think that very strongly. Do you feel like doctors go into the situation thinking, you know, like the classic doctor oath, do no harm, right? Like they don't want to yeah. harm you and make things worse. Again, caveat. Physically, right? right? They don't, they don't want to do any harm, but really their specialty is getting people pregnant. Like, I mean, like, yeah. and, and everything that goes along with it. I think you're, you're right in saying that, um, we come in maybe with a, a longer list, I would say of mm-hmm. things that are, that are hurting mm-hmm. and a lot of them on that list are emotional, but from the onset, they're like, well, this is what we're here for. Like we help people get pregnant. We're a fertility clinic. Um, but, but it makes me think, okay, so if they're thinking we want to help people get pregnant and we don't want to do any harm. Right. Right. Wonderful. We don't, we want to get people pregnant. We don't want to, don't, don't, don't want to do any harm.
1: Do I say everyone does that perfectly? No, there are some people in nurses. We've heard a lot of stories of not so great things.
0: Ideally, there's a doctor that says, I don't want to do any harm, both emotionally or physically. Right. And I want to help people get pregnant and follow their dreams, all kind of stuff. Here's the question. Is that the complete list of what we need as a human being?
1: no no not at all right no
0: there's no way the list is much longer if i were to talk to every single person all of you so many of you who are listening to this who are in the middle of or who have some experience with infertility and i said um so is it cool like as long as we don't provide any harm to your body and help you get pregnant that's all you need during this season that would be crazy you'd be like no i need like Right. So much more. Right. And a lot of it is emotional.
1: Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Like a absolutely. lot of it is
0: like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm doubting. I'm like worried about this and this and this. So much right. of it is emotional. I just don't think if we come in with that list, doctors have this list. That's going to be a mismatch experience, right? We're going to think like, well, this was, I'm left wanting. This was not enough. But then the doctors are like, well, well, th- this is what we're doing, right? You know, right. There's this is not a fertility center. And also, how could it be? In, like, they have to choose what they are. That's what I guess I'm saying, is they have to choose what they're going to do. We as people have to understand that not one institution, not one doctor, not one clinic will meet all of our human needs, and I just I, I don't want that to be like controversial, right? Like I, I hope it's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it I, is. I don't want it to be like that's like a rude thing to say. Like I don't want anyone to get emotionally hurt anywhere. Yeah, and I want every doctor to be trauma informed. They all need to be trained. Yes, they all need to. They all need to make more room in their time, right? Uh, and they need longer consultation. And all of that stuff right. needs to keep happening. But the simple thing I'm trying to say is that not one institution, whether it's a doctor. A clinic, a hospital, is going to meet every need that could be just, that you could have as a human being. That's on us to bring together a community of people that serve our needs. That's, I think, that's my thought.
1: Yeah, I totally and, and, agree.
0: And I will be the first one to throw myself under the bus, thinking that when we went to a fertility clinic, I would get all of my needs met.
1: Yeah. think that a doctor, of course, wants to do no harm, and but also is there to medically get you pregnant. And I just don't think they have the capacity to also care for our emotional needs at the yeah. same time.
0: Not all of them. Right? Not
1: all of them. And I think some doctors are realizing this more, that, it, mm-hmm. that, that people are more anxious and they're having more of a hard time and they're more having having longer consultations and yeah. you know they're trying to do it a little bit better yeah. but i think we're wanting something from them that they're not they're not communicating to us that they can give
0: it takes a it takes a community of services yeah you know it's like you can't just have one person be the one thing for everything right it's like our personal relationships you can't have one person right. meet every single one of your physical and emotional needs Maybe if you're married, you try to do that with your spouse.
1: Right. But
0: you would even see like, okay, that doesn't work great. This person can't meet every single one of my emotional and physical needs. Right. Clinics are the same way. They yeah. they should be so kind and tender. And the clinics yes. we work with are kind and tender. I'm thinking of um, OC Fertility in here in Orange County. Uh-huh. We, we partner with them. Uh-huh. Um, but it's the partnership is like, they get it. They're They are kind and they are taking steps to be trauma informed and they really get who you are. But also it's not possible for OC fertility to be everything to every person. Like they're not going to do, they're not going to come home with you and ask you how you're feeling the next day. Right. And you know, like over breakfast, the doctors aren't going to be like saying like, so tell me what you need. (laughs) That's that's not possible. Like that's not what a clinic even does. Right. But we as people need that. Right so I think it's going in with that right that expectation of I need to provide for myself all of my own needs, right, and clinics provide one very important part, yeah, a very important part, yeah, a part that like none of us can do without them, we need them right if we right. want if we want to go down that direction, right, but they need us too, they need us to to play our part in and, and right and advocate and take steps for our own emotional needs. Right.
1: So instead of going into a clinic, hoping to check all the boxes, mm-hmm. we can look at them for the box that they are wanting to yes. check. Yes. Yeah. And you
0: ho- and you hope that the box that they check, they check it really well. Yes. Yes. Um, but sometimes, they, to be perfectly honest, like depending on where you live yeah. or, or what yeah. situation you're in, you kind of get what you have and, and you just hope for the best, you know? right, right. as I'm, as we're talking about this, like, I just don't want to come across, um, mean, are we coming across mean? What do you mean? Like, I, I just, there's so much that we put on the infertility community. It's just so hard to I go know. through infertility. I know. And just throughout this, it's like, I believe everything I say, said, like, yeah, we are in a weird way, paradoxically attached to these places. Like we love them and we hate them. Yeah. And we love our doctors, but we have to advocate for ourselves and like take care of ourselves throughout the whole process. It's just so much to put on one person. Yeah. It's so much to put on a couple.
1: Well, and that's why infertility is so hard. And if you want yeah. to do, inf- but if you want to have a little bit more resilience and mm-hmm. be working towards more emotional health, we believe this is some of the ways that you, that you can do it. Yeah. But it is. It just bums me out. I know, I know, in like, I know. In
0: like a totally healthy way, I think. And yeah. not like, it's not um, just easy.
1: Yeah. It's not easy. And to see do where this. I sit in the room is I don't want to invalidate anyone that's had a bad experience at a clinic that mm. we're just like, they don't care. They just, you know, want to get you pregnant and knock you up and they don't care. No, that's not necessarily what we're saying. You should be treated with respect. You should have people say hello to you. Like one of the comments that I got was, no one, no nurse ever said hello to me. Like,
0: you know what I mean? Like
1: there are things like that where it's like, okay, well, that's not right. Yeah, But I don't want us to go in thinking, they're going to get me, they're going to fix my fertility or whatever. Mm. Maybe they won't. But in our case, they didn't. (laughs) But it's like, they're going to do this and also I want to be emotionally cared for. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's a, that's a fine line that I feel like I'm s- sitting here just a little bit of like in turmoil. Like I do think that there is some rough situations that have happened where right. doctors have been extremely rude or right. you know, you felt like a number or that you felt like they were just trying to get money out of you. Like, I think that's all real. Right. But also I want to not have us go into these places expecting something right. out of it that they can't give. Right. Does that make sense? I, what I I'm think saying? that's
0: why we always want to lean into like the next growth hack. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. next hack for happiness or, yeah. or like, yeah. just do these three things and everything will be great. You know, right. We were even, you know, it's even tempting in this podcast to be like, do these three things when you go to your clinic and you'll be good. And so,
1: right.
0: Like, the reality is not really that simple. Right. Clinics are. There's a, and clinics have history and they're complex yeah. and, and they're, they're full, full of, of human beings. They're full of human beings and we have to play our part. And there's, there's things that go into clinics that have to do that, that are historic and need to be overcome. And I want to be sensitive to those even yeah. too, of like race plays a part. Yep. Finances plays a part. Location plays a part. Yep. Um, uh, Where ev- you live. Every economic disparity, like yep. ev- everything yep. like, um, and like the history of just. Fertility in this country is really interesting In America is really interesting and there's has to do with race and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you're having to overcome some people are having to overcome that yeah. when they walk in the doors. Yeah, I guess what I'm, what, what we're, I think what we're leaning towards is when it comes to what does it feel like to go to a fertility clinic is it's not this utopia. Yeah. They provide a very specific thing and we have to, bring all of ourselves into it and play our part too as well. It's really like a, it's a mutual thing, you know, like it's both of us coming together with proper expectations.
1: I think you just nailed it on the head and I can't believe we've never said that word in this long rant that we just did. (laughs) It's proper expectations. Yeah. Not expecting the doctor to take care of your, Fertility needs and emotional needs. It's ex, ex it's it's having the proper expectation that they might feel like what they can give to you is the medical.
0: Yeah. Would it, wouldn't that be a great conversation for doctors and patients to have? Sit down at a table and be like, okay, here's what I'm expecting from you. And they'd be like, Well, here's what I'm expecting. It's like yeah. that would probably yeah. be so healthy. Yeah. Cause then the person might be like, I'm expecting X, Y, and Z. And they're like, Oh no, that no. Like right. Or a doctor might be like, well, I'm expecting you, this this, and this. Right. That would probably be healthy, um, a healthy thing. But it feels weird to, would feel weird to do that. Right. But it probably would be healthy. Right. Like most of the things in my life. Probably be healthy, but it feels weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's a great idea. That's literally a great idea.
0: I totally agree with everything you said. Can you just repeat it all for me? (laughs) So. What is your final word, Jesse, infertility and fertility clinics?
1: My final word is that everything we just said, go back and listen to what we just said. (laughs) I'm like, how do I sum up all of that? Like, I want to validate people that it is anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. I want to validate people that feel isolated and alone. And have had super traumatic experiences in clinics, been told traumatic news in clinics. I want to tell them that I see them and I know what that's like. If I think back to my infertility, one of the top three memory, infertility, fertility journey is one of my top three moments that I think of. And the flash that I have is learning that we only had five embryos. Yeah. That is one of the most painful things that I can remember. So I know what that feels like. And I just want to see these people, but I also want to adequately show the other side a little bit of like the clinics and everything that we just said. That most of the time the clinics are not trying to be the big bad wolf and they're not trying to like not care for you emotionally or whatever. It's like they just, their capacity could be a little bit different. That's what I'd want them to know.
0: As we close this difficult conversation on infertility and fertility clinics, that's a tough one.
1: I know. To, like I'm anxious I think to hear did, this one. I
0: think we did a great job, honestly. Yeah. We'll see though.
1: It was the this, ratings
0: could plummet.
1: I can no, the ratings are not going to plummet. I feel like everybody. I've I've been asked to do this. We've been asked to do this mm-hmm. episode forever.
0: Before we close, I thought I would ask every one of our listeners a favor. Whoa, um, we need help moving this weekend. No, I am just joking. <laughs> We're not. Nothing moving. jumps people up in their chair
1: like, you know, can you help me? No, move? if
0: you're still listening to this, um, would you do us a favor? And if you want to, no pressure. Doug, at you're going all. rogue. No, I'm just saying if no pressure, if you listen to wherever you listen to this podcast, if you're like, ah, they're, they're okay. Will you leave us a review? Just, just like if it's on Spotify or if it's on Apple music or whatever, just review it, star it, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. Um, we don't care like how you review it, but just review it because, um, it helps us keep getting the word out there and having these wonderfully lovely conversations, Jesse.
1: But only positive ones, right? If you leave a
0: negative one, we'll stop. We'll just immediately stop. Um,
1: (laughs) One negative comment, we'll just stop. (laughs) The podcast will no longer exist. (laughs) Don't talk about how many times I say right, okay? Um, Don't say that. I'm so sorry that I even (laughs) pointed that out. Now I've scarred all these people for their whole entire lives of how many times I say right.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week.
1: Right?